Welcome to Mending Fences, a podcast about effective ways to communicate and live with differences. I'm Patrice Bremner. And I'm Jen Hawthorne. We're both family law mediators and collaborative law attorneys, but our conversations go well beyond family law. We explore the personal, interpersonal, legal, and cultural impact of conflict. Hi, I'm Jen Hawthorne. I'm here with Patrice Brimner. We are collaborative attorneys and mediators in Massachusetts. We are going to talk to you a little bit today about what that means and elaborate on who we are and why we started this podcast in the first place. So I'll start with my introduction. I'm a collaborative attorney and mediator, like I said, at Skylark Law and Mediation in Southborough, which means that what I focus on for work is mostly out-of-court conflict resolution, meaning I try to help families resolve their conflict without having anyone deciding things for them. Patrice, how would you describe your practice? Much the same way. I practice in Acton, Massachusetts. I'm also a collaborative law attorney and mediator. And my goal really is to help folks get through general, it's usually a divorce process, but not always, but to do that in a way that really preserves and fosters their dignity and, and as you said, is decided by them and not by anyone else. So I, my clients come to me because they're looking to stay out of court, and that's what we do. So as mediators, what we do is we act as neutrals, and we are helping people have a conversation about whatever their issue is. Sometimes there's a formal legal resolution, and sometimes there's not. We're just providing some information if they need information so that they can make decisions, and we are helping them to hear each other in different ways. It's a confidential conversation that people are choosing to have because the whole process is voluntary. No one's forcing them to do it. So it's a little more structured than a conversation you would have at your kitchen table. And you're there with a neutral who can provide some information about what you need to include in your conversation, what you need to include in a document if you're going to file it in court. But it's really a conversation driven by the two people. The other thing we both do is collaborative law, which is a little more structured and involves usually more professionals. The more professionals that Patrice is talking about is that there's a neutral in collaborative law too called the coach facilitator whose job it is is to kind of guide the, the people going through this process on helping them to identify their own interests and goals. And in the context of family law, the coach is really helping people most often with forming a parenting plan. So they are taking this high-level look at what's going on in the process and not directing the substantive conversation so much because there are two attorneys, which is how Patrice and I actually ended up working together for the first time. That's right. So Jen and I first met through a practice group that was just a professional group of collaborative uh, practitioners who'd get together once a month and, and share information. We got to know each other there and then worked together on a collaborative law case. She represented one party, I represented the other. There was a neutral coach facilitator um, who ran the meetings. Um, and the meetings happen in, you know, in one person's office and it's all five people together. So the two parties with their attorneys and the coach facilitator and the two parties really are doing all the talking, but the attorneys are there uh, to provide information and guidance as needed throughout the process. So a little bit more structured, a little bit more, I think of it as a little more robust than mediation and more, more structured, but uh, still, the clients are driving really what's going on. Right. And in both cases, 
the really important factor is that there's this confidentiality in the process. And in the collaborative process, the attorneys sign a document, a process agreement saying that they will not go to court with either party, which I think is really fundamental for both of these two process choices, because what it does is it creates a safe space to have a deeper level of conversation, in my opinion, where we're really focused on their interests and their needs and making sure that we can maximize whatever agreement they're arriving at. We can maximize both of them getting as many of those interests and needs met as possible, which is a very different outcome in my experience than what can happen in court where someone might actually really feel like one person won and one person lost. So over the years, Jen and I have had a lot of conversations about cases we've been involved in various roles. So, you know, we had our first case together as collaborative law attorneys. We worked together as attorneys representing parties in a mediation where we were never in the room, but we talked to each other and 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 helped to finalize an agreement. We also had a case together where Jen was a mediator, but I represented one of the parties. So lots of different ways to work together in this community. And over the years, we've had a lot of interesting conversations about conflict, about conflict resolution, and how it applies beyond the cases that we work on. Yeah, I, I think that it's really safe to say that over the years we became friends and that whenever we've had an opportunity to and we have the time and space to, our conversations often go off on a tangent about how it's related to our you know, our out-of-work lives and what we're seeing in the political realm and what we're seeing just in conflict in general in the world and how that always seems to come back to how conflict shapes relationships. And especially during the pandemic, we, Patrice and I worked together through the Mass Collaborative Law Council to create a space for folks to ask questions about virtual practice and just really actually to connect week in and week out during those early days of the pandemic. We've still been doing it, but it was especially important when everyone was stuck at home and felt really isolated. And that's when Patrice and I really started exploring the idea of this podcast because we found ourselves, especially on weeks where there was lower attendance, having these really amazing conversations. And we just thought, we're having these conversations, we should share them because... Maybe it'll make other people start conversations about the role of conflict in their lives. Yeah, and I think coming out of that experience, I really saw the value of that type of community building and community building around a central idea and one that made it safe to talk about about conflict, which is something a lot of us are averse to. We don't like talking about it. We're uncomfortable with it. Many of our clients, I think, come to us really in many ways, unprepared for what they're about to embark upon. And I know that I, as a practitioner, I'm able to provide guidance and support. We found that we were able to do that for our colleagues as well through the pandemic, not necessarily around conflict, but a lot of other, in a lot of other ways. But the conversations have helped me see on a really personal level how, although I'm a conflict professional and a conflict resolution professional, I still don't like conflict. And so the conversations about it are so interesting to me that I just want to go deeper and learn more and have guests that can come and talk to us about this. And as Jen said, we love connecting the dots and just seeing how what we're experiencing on maybe a smaller scale with, you know, one or with two or three people echoes what we're seeing on a much broader scale. 
Yeah, I totally think all of what Patrice said is is completely accurate. And I think that in addition to just being scared of conflict, I think people worry that if they engage in conversations around conflict, it's going to make it worse. Because there's so many examples in the world that you can see of people not knowing how to engage in conversations around conflict. So things escalate, people are tense, relationships break down. And part of the key of to doing all of this for me is, is learning how and constantly relearning how within each relationship to have effective communication, which helps to not avoid conflict, but to actually resolve conflict and to start healing from conflict. Well said. Thanks. So that's basically why we're here, how we came to know each other, and what we hope to dive into over these next many episodes. Yeah, we're really excited to share our ideas with you, and we hope you like listening to them.